Hello, everybody. On tonight's episode of Backseat Quarterbacks, I'm joined by just Steve as Benny makes the cross-country, or I guess it's four states, not cross-country. He's going from Washington to Colorado as he uh, finds his new home in Denver. So have fun, Benny. Uh, have Be safe, and we hope to have you back next week, which I think he will be back. But knowing Benny, you never know if Benny will be back. Um, this episode, we talk about potpourri of stuff, random things. For example, we do three things, okay? We talk about J.J. Watt signing with the Cardinals. Uh, we introduce a new segment that will be throughout the football season all next year. It's going to be fun. And we talk about Russell Wilson hypothetical trade spots, destinations, where he might be dealt because it seems like it's not good in Seattle. Things uh, things aren't going that well right now for her, for them. And finally, we br- I briefly touch upon Fernando Tatis's contract. It's a monster contract, 14 years, $340 million, but there's an aspect of it that is pretty, um, pretty upsetting from a fan because uh, I know we don't talk about baseball much, but there is a group, an investment group that is... Uh, doing some predatory lending to some of these minor league ball players, especially ones from uh, Latin America, where the money they're seeing when they're offered, you know, 100000 200000 is life-changing compared to what they have had growing up and when they're teenagers. So uh, I talk about that briefly. I want to hear Benny's thoughts on that next time we talk, next time he's on the podcast, so next week. But uh, I just want to touch on that because I could not believe what I was reading. Um, anyways... This is a fun podcast. We are going to do a couple of fun things coming up. I'm I'm listing out our ideas. We have our baseball preview in the next couple of weeks. I have something from, uh, I'll just tell you, we're going to do our top 10 offensive and defensive players in the first round from the last 10 drafts, uh, 2010 to 2020. Obviously, 2020 is going to be hard, but uh, is it? I mean, it's going to be, you know, Herbert and Chase Young. I'll give it away. Uh, but it's too early to tell, right? Um, that's one thing we're going to talk about, uh, a few other things that, that I, that I'm excited for you to hear. So thank you everybody. While we're in this off season time, it's pretty hard to think of, uh, content and we're happy the NFL and NBA are giving it to us. We are going to be doing a lot of stuff though. And I cannot wait for football to be back because that is when we are at our best. So, uh, thank you again for listening. All the loyal listeners, loyal listeners, Jesus. Uh, and here is Steven Bruin. How about that? Hello, Steve. Uh, Benny's not with us. He is driving a car across a couple of states to Colorado to infest that state with his stench. Uh, the Crazy state of Colorado funny. just the state of Colorado just got a little worse off with Benny moving there. You agree, Steve? Yeah, I agree. I think. Yeah, I think I'm glad you took those colleges off your list. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm waiting to hear back from them, but when when Benny told me he's moving to Denver, I love Denver. I immediately reconsidered ever thinking about moving there if he was in the city with me. Yeah. No boulder, nothing. None of that. Too the whole close. state is tainted now. Uh, add on to that, Brandon. Well, yeah, honestly, in the surrounding right. states. Yeah, the, the surrounding states. What are the bordering states of Colorado? Cool. They have a lot, don't they? Aren't they one of the states? Wyoming, the- Wyoming Utah. Yeah, they're connected. To, there's like a point you can go to. I forget what state, but um, you can be in four different states if you stand in the middle of it. They're all done. Don't they're, all ter- they're, all, they're all ruined. It's Wyoming, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, Utah. Wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven states. All Eight of the states, Colorado included, are now tainted with Benny moving into that region. So I am sorry to the uh, citizens of Wyoming, uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, Nebraska, Omaha, um, Kansas, Wichita, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Tulsa, uh, New Mexico, ooh, Albuquerque, uh, Albuquerque, yes, and then Utah, of course, uh, BYU. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. There we go. BYU. I'm with the Mormons. Uh, Okay. Well, Benny, safe travels. He will be back next week. Uh, I hope. You know, you never know with him. Honestly, I promise you that people that are listening to this podcast, I'm telling you, Benny will be back next week. I would not be surprised if he has technical difficulties. So uh, hopefully he is. As in his phone somehow doesn't work around nine o'clock. Yeah, he's gonna not understand the time difference. It's gonna be a whole clusterfuck. But okay, we are here, Steve. Oh, that's and I, even, I didn't even think about that. It's gonna be bigger. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it works. Uh, I'm not very confident. 
to be honest. I'm not, I'm, I'm pessimistic about, <laughs> about Benny's future on this podcast, uh, but we need him. So we will make it work. We're going to talk about money in this podcast on a couple of contracts were signed. Number one was JJ Watt. I wish Benny was here for the sole reason I wanted to laugh in his face about what he thought JJ Watt would get paid versus what he actually got paid. Uh, surprised even me who was more uh, on thinking JJ would get a huge contract. You know, Here's the funniest thing about that. He signed a two-year, $31 million deal with a no-trade clause with Arizona. He said that he cares about winning the championship. <laughs> That's rich. That's rich. He cares about winning the championship. He goes he probably to the fourth. Joined, what was that? Yeah, fourth best team in the fourth best team in the West. Then he says, and then he said beforehand that the most important aspect to choosing a team is the quarterback position. JJ, maybe you should stay in Houston. Deshaun Watson's not a bad quarterback, is he? And I don't think Kyler Murray's an upgrade. Uh, the teams that were in consideration, they weren't even in consideration from what I heard, but the teams that were in consideration outside of Arizona was Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Buffalo, Josh Allen made it to the AFC Championship game, Cleveland um, with Baker. And I would say, you know, Kyler is probably better than Baker. It's closer than what people want to act, though. But uh, I, I think I, I would probably say Baker is better. Yeah, but it's, it's up for argument. But he's signed a two-year deal with Arizona, a team that's not in contention. Uh, I would say large, in large part due to having Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach. So that's at least one of the two years Cliff will be there. That's uh, It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And sure. I'm, uh, I'm kind of happy that this is over. I still cannot believe how much uh, airtime every single sports program gave this. I understand that it's NFL offseason, but talk about something else. I mean, I thank God for Russell Wilson doing what he's doing. He's filled up news. He's filled up the segments the last few days, and we don't really need to talk about J.J. Watt that much. But I don't ever want to hear him say he cares about winning. He doesn't. He cares about the money. He took the biggest payday. He's saying now that wasn't the biggest one offered to him. Okay, let's see the numbers. Let's have that leak. Let's see who offered J.J. more than $16 million a year to get five and a half sacks. Uh, J.J. Watt, very good at almost getting to the quarterback these last few years. He almost does his job. Almost. Not quite. Almost. Not quite. Almost there. So I, uh, I'm i done with J.J. Watt talking about him. Happy for him. Congrats on the payday. Uh, you're not going to win anything, though. So don't act like you wanted to get a championship. There's Honestly, if I was going to pick a franchise, Steven, you know what I would say? Let's see. What team made the playoffs last season? I'd narrow my, yeah. my selections down to that instead of a team that uh, – I mean, the NFL is sporad or, you know, there's a lot of parity and things can change year to year. And it, it usually always does. But I don't think Arizona was Arizona was the team that you're like, you know, adding me to this defensive line. We're, we're there. We're me away. We're a, we're a J.J. Watt away from competing. Yeah, where there was multiple teams that would need like like if the Bills got J.J. Watt, I would say that's actually insanely helpful to that team. Yeah. And I, I give the, I'd give the Cardinals this. They have Chandler Jones, the other opposite side of him. And so that's a pretty good two-headed monster to rush quarterbacks. But Chandler Jones has also dealt with injuries. And I'm just, I just don't get it. Like you, you put him, you put him opposite side, Miles Garrett. That's really good. Sorry if you can hear my girlfriend laughing in the background. She's talking to her parents. Um, don't know what was so funny, honestly, though. Uh, usually when I'm talking to people that are, you know, 30 years older than me, I'm not laughing that hard unless it's uh, Larry David or Bill Burr. I'd be laughing then. They're older than me. Uh, my parents, mm, not that funny. Her parents, mm, not that funny. But always good for a laugh. Uh, anywho, uh, can you keep it down out there podcasting? I can't give me, give me, she, she's not going to listen. Give me your take though, Steve. Yeah, no, I, I, I sort of agreed with Benny when we we're talking about the money and not his positional play, but um, on the money thing, because if he said he wanted to go to a team that wins, a lot of those teams didn't have cap to give them. Like they have a cap, but they're not going to spend 80% of their cap on JJ Watt. But I think this just proved that it was more money. I want to see what our team offered him money. We probably won't know for a couple months, but smoke screens. He just took the yeah. payday. He took the payday. Took the pay and I don't fault him for that. Justin James. I mean, he got himself out and he got a payday. So good job for that. But yeah, no, I think it's a it was that was a smoke screen just to get get paid. So you just want to jump drum up interest on the on the teams. So I don't think this this 
this helps Cardinals become a playoff team. Like at best, they had a chance of being a good wild card team, but I think all these teams are getting better, um, especially the Rams and stuff. And and the Four um, will be back. Seattle, I don't think. Yeah, and I don't think I think Seattle will be about the same uh, as long as they have Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah. But I think I think the and the 49ers, as long as they're healthy, and I don't usually teams aren't just destroyed like that two seasons in a row generally. So except for the Chargers, I think they'll be back. Years. Well, the Chargers, they, they they're a head coach, <laughs> always away. Yeah, they're always, always a coaching position away. So IP um, Marty, yeah, no, they, so we'll see. But I don't think this really helps the Cardinals because I don't think their defense it their defense was more generally secondary was their problem. So <laughs> yeah, let let's uh, segue that into the Seahawks, like you said. We we have talked about yeah. Russell Wilson wanting yeah. out. Vinny would be good on this, but a big news uh, article dropped on the the Athletic uh, a couple days ago, where actually yeah, the, like the day the day ago. after the day we released the podcast. So it's been a week. So I mean, maybe this is old news, but it's not really old news because it's present news. Um, Russell Wilson his agent went on a show or something and put the feelers out there saying, you know, we haven't requested a trade, but if we were to be traded, this is where we would want to be traded. Uh, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the bears and the saints. Those are the four. Yeah. And then I think the dolphins too, but the dolphin, uh, the dolphins were kind of thrown in at the end. So those four Raiders, bears, Cowboys, saints. Um, now let's play a hypothetical here because we don't actually have much to talk about. We're going to talk about Fernando. T- We're going to talk about baseball without Benny, but that's uh, about contract because uh, this Fernando Tatis contract is uh, it's um, it's shocking how this uh, company big league advance is going to get about 30 million from them. But we're going to, t- we're going to talk about that after this Russell Wilson thing. Let's go over the hypotheticals here. Okay. Team by team. Um, it's clear to me. I've been wrong before. But I, I believe Wilson will play this year with the Seahawks. So we're talking one year down the road. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I think he's not leaving this year. I think it's – he seems like someone who wouldn't pull Deshaun Watson and, like, try to force his way out in, in, in a very public way. He's going to be very, like, nonchalant about it. and It'll probably happen next year. This is season. the nicest way to say I'm done with you. And I don't think he's going to sit out or anything. But he's trying to do it in the most uh, the most respectful way because that's his – persona but in this athletic article it 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 points out that he was fuming watching the super bowl he saw brady i mean i don't know how he can be fuming watching mahomes because mahomes was getting killed that entire game but i mean the brady thing watching brady not take a hit at all i think brady got hit once uh first drive of the game i think i think it was frank clark and and that was it (laughs) yeah that was literally it and uh he he was reportedly fuming Obviously, the hirings that Pete Carroll has made after firing uh, uh, Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator who Wilson liked a lot, because Pete wanted to revert back to his system of fo- his style of football, which is run, run, pass, uh, run the ball, don't turn the ball over, and uh, you win games that way. And, you know, he's right in that regard because it worked at USC and it worked for a few years in the NFL, but the game has changed so much and it's kind of blown by Pete Carroll to me. And, you know, a lot of people give him. Uh, the respect as being a top five head coach and you know, the win losses, which would reflect that. But a lot of that is Russell Wilson and not so much Pete Carroll. Wilson is the reason that they come back in these games or they put up these points. It's not Pete Carroll's philosophy. It's Wilson having to play hero ball at the end of games, which is what works for them. And I think that Wilson sees all this and it infuriates him because he is egotistical. It's pretty apparent by all the interviews he's given that he wants to be considered one of the best, if not the best quarterback ever. And in this article, it, it cites that. And it says there was two games. And I, I remember this when we talked about it on the pod, but the Rams po- or the Rams game, the first one when they yeah. lost and they got absolutely blown out. And then the Bills game. I think the Bills game came first. The Bill, Yeah, the Bills game came first where it was after the Cardinals – overtime loss the dk metcalf game where he uh, chased down buda baker on the on the should have been pick six one of the most athletic plays of all time followed that was the bills game where they just got trounced i think wilson threw four picks and then the next game against the rams i think he threw three and after that that was i think week seven where wilson had the best stats in the league by a pretty large margin going into those two weeks and then he fell back into the mean a little bit but that also uh 
concluded with a new philosophy and they ran the ball a lot more the rest of the season and the reins were tightened on them and then go into the offseason they fired the offensive coordinator like I said they hire a Pete Carroll guy Wilson endorsed it but it's a Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll has been speaking this whole time like we're going to run the ball more and I think he's just sick of it so to not keep you know paraphrasing this article it's a great article I suggest reading it uh we're going to play a game (laughs) If Wilson's on with any of these teams, what does it do for the team? Okay, let's just do that. Raiders. We'll start with the Raiders. Your AFC West compadre. Um, Derek Carr is there now. Derek Carr is, uh, I would say, sneakily underrated, although I'm not a fan of him. I do think that he gets a lot of flack. And if you look at his numbers and the advanced stats, he's actually pretty good. Uh, would Wilson, would if you replay, if you supplant car with Wilson what's this Raiders team for you see there I agree with you that he is a little underrated honestly because honestly a lot of their games they lose come down to coaching and defense like they, they were a playoff team if if they didn't lose that game almost to the Dolphins like they were almost there like and they won one more game and the season they just start playing bad and that's not really Derek Carr's fault. They have weapons on that team that are good. They have good young talent on the defense. I like that team. I think it's the worst team that's listed, though, that he could go to. Like, I don't, they're, I don't think they're a Russell Wilson away from winning a Super Bowl. So, but I, and he's going to be better than Derek Carr, especially with how they play. And, mm-hmm. and he would have a much better running back, too. Um, so, I mean, that team well, would probably, probably be, I, I think they'd be as good as the Seahawks right now. Like, that's like, that would be their ceiling because their O-line's just okay. It's much better than Seattle, but it's not like great. Talk about so, a division. I think they, they would make, yeah. And you're not going to win that division. There's like, that team is like, a, like Mahomes is going to win that division for the next like six years. You think so? so I, I, I the Chargers start playing, start playing good again. I tend to agree with that, but I mean, hey, like, if the Chargers get a coach, it'll be competitive. Or if the Broncos get a, a, a reasonable quarterback. What if I'm saying like, think of this division. If it's Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson, Watson, if the Broncos somehow got Watson, that'd be a murderer's row right there. That'd yeah, then then I would say the literally the AFC and then NFC West, if if uh, besides Seattle, if they lost Russell, would be like the West would be like the best, absolute best division on both sides of the the conferences. You might want to not call it the West Coast the best coast. How about that? Um, that would actually be the best coast. It I almost already is, it but is. yeah, it is. I agree with you though. Um, Raiders are the worst team mentioned here. Uh, if you're the Seahawks, the trade hall for Wilson has to be, it can't be a QB for a QB with a couple picks attached. Honestly, if you're no. Seattle, the bet, if, if this is a true breakup and again, I, we both don't think that he's going to go anywhere this year. It's after this season is when we think it takes place. Yeah. Um, the best breakup is not bringing in a Derek Carr, even if Derek Carr is good. Derek Carr is not Russell Wilson good. And if you have even a slight, a slight drop off in performance at the QB position, that's going to make you a purgatory team, even more than what I think they are. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contending team right now, but at least they can get to the playoffs with Derek Carr and that same offense and the defense constructed as it is. I mean, they're an eight win team, probably seven, seven, eight, seven to nine win team. And I don't think that's going to cut it. So uh, I'm sure no, if you're going to lose, lose good. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if they do trade uh, him to the Raiders, Derek Carr will be going back to Seattle. Cause that's how the, unless, unless he's moved somewhere else, because that's just would make the contracts work better. But if you're Seattle, you should probably look to move that, that guy, because uh, I, I feel like if you're, if you're going to give up one of these guys, like the, a franchise QB, like if the Texans give up Watson, you probably want to start fresh. I'd take Tua, right? Because he's still super young. But outside of that, you you do not want um, – you just want the picks. You want to suck, draft first, get, get some high draft capital, and use those picks and just build a team. So I agree with you on that. The, uh, the only – time i'm gonna i'm gonna say you know a straight up quarterback swap swap with a few picks involved would probably be the cowboys another team mentioned uh dak is a lot younger than wilson he is coming off that injury though but i actually view these two as pretty um comparable in terms of their abilities uh dak is Derek Carr, we talk, I just we just said is he's underrated. Dak might be actually like criminally underrated. I mean, if you look at his numbers outside of his second season, his 2017 season, outside of that, he has been 
without a doubt, a top five quarterback statistically. And I don't think people think that when they think of Dak Prescott, just because it's the Cowboys and, you know, people, <laughs> people love to hate on the Cowboys. But if you look at yeah. his numbers, I'll, I'll give you, what's up? Yeah, for some reason, the Cowboys are hated, even though they haven't been relevant the entire time we've been alive. I know. Well, I mean, it makes sense because they are forced down our throats why they're hated for that. But uh, I mean, I don't actually dislike any of their players. 2016 is rookie year, 3,700 yards, 23 touchdowns, four picks, 67% completion rating. 2017 was his, uh, was his, was a slump, uh, 3,300 yards, 22 TDs, 13 picks, 63%. But 2018, 3,800 yards, 22 TDs, eight picks, 67%. And then 2019, he had almost 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks, 65%. And this year, he was on pace for that again, and or better, honestly. Um, he hasn't been great against great teams, but who is? You know, there's I had I was tweet I tweeted that graphic, and I had like 500 responses to that under Dan Orvalowski's tweet. It's a, a ton of, I don't know why, but other, every, I didn't tweet again, but everybody was debating and they're like, he's not good against uh, good teams. And then this guy said, okay, the only teams with winning records against teams with winning records is Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. That's it in the last, over the yeah. last four years. It's a very so, small number of people. <laughs> yeah. What are, what are we doing here? So if you're the Seahawks, the deal here would probably be Dak for Wilson. Uh, maybe the Cowboys throw in a second rounder because Dak is coming off that uh, pretty gruesome injury. Who says no? Um, I think it's a win-win for both teams. You get a younger quarterback in Seattle and, and then Dallas is a more competitive team, but I think Dallas would be the one who says no. Maybe, maybe they're just happy with Dak, but they haven't given him a contract yet, but I don't think they're happy with I Dak. I, yeah, we'll have to see, but the Cowboys are one of those teams that are, always under pressure to win so maybe making that move gives more confidence in the players and a higher up management and stuff to that they're that they're trying to they're chasing in on on, on super bowl because that team's complete it's just it's like it's always like one thing with the team that goes wrong yeah now it's the defense that's <laughs> and coach again mike mccarthy yeah. big mike yeah. um no i'm i'm right there with you i think this would be the best spot for wilson to land because um in again, citing that article, he really cares about legacy, which is one of the reasons if you're the Seahawks, you should try your hardest to keep him because he's one of those guys that he he wa he wants to be like Brady. He wants to play forty till he's 45, 40 to forty five, and um, he's changed his body up to be able to take hits. He spends a ton of money on his body, similar to Tom Brady and LeBron, to where the longevity likely is going to be there for him, um, and you know putting him in Dallas that immediately makes you uh, more of a celebrity than any, any other uh, part player in football, right. Being the Dallas Cow yeah. or, or Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Yeah. Right. We saw that with Romo. We saw that with Dak. Their, um, their fandom is so humongous. It's like, it's all across the country. <laughs> and you win a Super Bowl there. That's basically worth win winning too. Right. Especially yeah, with especially in Dallas. <laughs> so uh, I think that would be the best spot for him. I, I, I'm actually more inclined to think if there's a trade on the table for Wilson this season, that's the one that would be took. That's the one that would be taken. Um, so right there, that that's my top spot for Wilson. That's the best trade I think imaginable. Uh, let's do the saints. Saints. It can't happen. I, yeah, I, I don't Mathematically, know. Mathematically doesn't make sense. <laughs> they'd have to move drew Brees's contract and he's on the reserve retire list. And I think he's forced to be, I think he's forced out. I, I do not think he's back. I think he's unable to come back based on the cap. Uh, unless something was crazy to happen. He hasn't announced his retirement. He pushed that sled and everybody's like, uh Oh, Drew's back. Um, please come back. Drew Brees, please play another season. It would make me very happy. Um, <laughs> that'd be funny. If Wilson, I don't see how it works. I don't know what trade is possible to where it would even make sense because you're not really getting good. You're not really getting good uh, draft capital this season. And if you put them on the saints, I mean, if you put them on the saints, they're a super bowl contender, right? Straight away. Oh, easily. Cause I mean, if drew Brees was even half competent at the end of this year, uh, 
they probably beat the Bucks in the playoffs, right? Oh yeah, it would have been a lot closer, and I think they would have pulled it out. Yeah, so I mean, you you put Wilson on that team, um, that maybe especially won. if all things were the same, like they beat the Bucks twice already, and they're going into that game, and you have a healthy Russell Wilson. I I, I think I think that would be insane because the Saints line is actually very really good. good. So yeah, way better than the Chiefs. So it's not like they would have been bull rushing uh, Wilson twenty four seven, and. Yeah. I feel like Wilson's a much better escape artist than Patrick Mahomes. So he's a little magician back there. I, uh, I agree. This would probably be the best team he can go to. I don't see how it works. And I don't see where the benefit is, is for Seattle to put, to move him to the saints who have bad draft capital. And I don't know what players you'd be getting back to where it would be even worth it. You know, like there's been my, Michael Thomas, they already have receivers. They don't need another receiver. And then it would be Marshawn Lattimore and and an offensive lineman. Uh, I don't know. Without like none of these trades actually would make sense. It starts not making sense for the Saints at all. Yeah, the the key is the reason the Bucks worked, and I can't say this enough, is because Tom Brady went there in free agency. Not the Bucks gave up a whole bunch of stuff and players to bring him in, and then the team was the team was a. you know, worse off because of it. These teams have to, that's a same, that's a whole thing with the Sean Watson. What team is getting him and how much are you giving up for him? Because if you, if you kneecap your team and you get the quarterback, cool, you have the quarterback, but the goal, he doesn't want to go somewhere and then, you know, stink for two years while the team's rebuilding yeah. around him. He has that in Houston. Yeah, he, he doesn't. Now, he, but he, he can't control what he's going to get traded for. So and that's the same thing with Wilson. And that's why, um, that's why I worked for Brady. Uh, and I don't know if these other quarterbacks are going to be able to really do, they aren't going to be able to do that if they're getting traded, they need to walk and uh, you know, in free agency to where they can pick their destination where teams don't have to give up stuff for them. Um, the saints best team and possible though, let's do the bears. I actually think that the Cowboys bears and saints all have, you know, their own argument for which is the best situation for them. I think the bears have the easiest way to get them outside of the Cowboys. Uh, the Bears have draft picks. The Bears have a really good talent pool of players. And they also have a general manager that is going to lose his job after this season if he does not get to the playoffs and actually look like they're a playoff team. They got to the playoffs this season. Uh, Didn't I look like a playoff it, team. By the way. I forgot that they made the playoffs. I just, I just remember they played on Nickelodeon, which is the only reason I remember they made the playoffs because of the slime. Um, I, I liked the Chicago fit. And I think this is actually my favorite. They're the only team that actually needs a quarterback out of all of these teams, right? The saints have Winston. No, they, this is not, not technically, but he'll be, he'll be there if he needs to be the, the Raiders have car. And then the, um, and this this is the one team that's like, is, is a quarterback away that like they could, cause they can make the playoffs with terrible quarterback play. Imagine if they actually had a quarterback cause they have good receivers. They have good running backs. How many how many um, first rounders do the do the Bears offer for Wilson? Four. Yeah, as many as they can give up. I would do four. I oh, would easily. do four, and probably I think you have to add a player in there for the contracts. Probably Khalil Mack. Honestly, that's a that's a huge that is a huge amount to give up. But they have never. You know, their best quarterback ever is Jay Cutler. That is it. That is the guy. I think Jay Cutler is probably the guy that is the best quarterback in Bears history. I know the 85 Bears, it was Jim McMahon. Numbers aren't good. It was a defense team. Um, before that, I can't name their their quarterback when they became a team. In the, and it's 50s, 60s. I don't really care. You could say Bart Starr was the best uh, Green Bay quarterback ever, but let's be real. It's it's Rodgers and then Favre, and there's a huge gap. Brett, so, I mean, I don't care about these 50s and 60s quarterbacks. Um, no, yeah. but the bears didn't have a Bart star either. The bears didn't have a Johnny United. So it was a m- terrible, like I'm saying the three best bears quarterbacks ever are probably Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman, and Jim McMahon. Okay. They've yeah. never had a, a guy that's like out of this, like they've never had a guy like that. So if you're them, you trade whatever. So I would do the, I would do three or four first and Khalil Mack, get it done. Who says no? I feel like no one says no. I feel like this is like when I heard these teams get announced, I'm like, this is perfect. The, the trade should just get done now. 
the the best the thing that the Bears have is if it doesn't work out, right? And Wilson, you know, somehow fails there, who cares? For the GM, he's fired anyways. All the draft capital doesn't matter to him. The next guy's gonna have to come in and take that take that over. But what you can't do is not do anything, which I actually think if he's traded this year. I don't think I said this before. If I said this about the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys can actually do this trade and the Seahawks would probably look into that. But if they actually, if Wilson wants to be gone this year, the team that makes the most sense to do it is Chicago. And if I had to bet money, if I, if I, if there was a, if there was odds out, I would say it's a minus 200 that he's the Seahawks starting quarterback this at, at week one. But I would say it's about a plus 125 that it's the Bears. How about that? How about that? <laughs> and then the other teams, I'm going to say plus 1,000 Saints, uh, plus 650 Raiders, and then plus like 450 uh, Cowboys. That's yeah. just me pulling odds I, out of my ass. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what that – there are odds on that, but they're not on – I haven't seen them. But I'm assuming that it, uh, the Bears have to be first. And the Bears should also be first for, I guess – Watson has a no trade and he hasn't said the Bears, so never mind. But for for he the Bears should be the number one spot for every single good free agent quarterback and every quarterback in trade rumors that you know outside of people in their division, I guess. Right, Aaron Rodgers yeah. if he had trade rumors, they're not giving him to the Bears, so obviously not. Okay, Wilson, I'll be honest, I think he should stay in Seattle actually, and um. He, he would be, if he stays in Seattle his entire career, he would be the most important figure to Seattle sports. Uh, right now, it's probably Griffey. But Griffey left, and people don't remember this because it was so long ago, but Griffey left, and he left because he didn't like the stadium. The stadium was too long, actually, when they beat, built Safeco or T-Mobile Park, whatever it's called. Uh, it's a, it was a pitcher's park originally before everybody started hitting a whole, whole bunch of home runs. But he left because of that. And he came back and he kind of redeemed himself in the tail end of his career. Um, if Wilson stayed the entire time and played till he's 45, you know, win another ring, even if he doesn't, but if he does and he keeps putting up these numbers, if he actually plays till he's in his 40s, he will be uh, top five in every statistical category, maybe, maybe number one. And he'll have the ring in Seattle. And I mean, I think that that is more important for legacy than, you know, being a, I, I okay i think they should get rid of carol that's a whole different story and i think after this year if he stays with seattle it's going to be a decision with the front office it's going to be p carol or wilson i would go wilson not the 70 year old head coach that has two or three years left yeah i saw uh, the craziest twitter poll like it was like who would you rather keep p carol russell wilson and it was like tweeted out from a seattle like sports person like journalist and overwhelmingly it was pete carol and I was like, oh, this, this is why Seattle fans are dumb. <laughs> you know, that's sports and fans people are, And it's like, I yeah. saw that with the Patriots too. I, I, well, at least Brady's 43, but I saw that with the Patriots where it's all, would you rather have Belichick stay or, or Brady? And it was like 94, six Belichick. And I'm like, okay, I get Brady's old, but so is Belichick. Eh, it's still, it doesn't make sense to me. The players are who win the games. Coaches can screw yeah. games up, but players are the ones that win them. Belichick exactly. said that. It, it, yeah, it's crazy because it's like we, we've seen what Pete Carroll does, and uh, that's why Russell Wilson wants gone. And I would I would take the consideration of your best player over your coach. Unless you have Especially like Especially one like, that's like his age. It's not like he's really old. I mean, yeah, I know he looks young, but he, he is – one of the oldest coaches. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about Wilson being being young. Like, but yeah, you're right. Pete Carroll's old as hell too. He is the oldest coach. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't look it, but he yeah, is. Yeah, got some pe- uh, pep in his step. Uh, let's see. He is 69. He turned 70 this year. I just looked up Pete Carroll, and the first article that I see is Russell Wilson taking an eerily similar path to Tom Brady before he departed the Patriots. I agree. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that really right now, but I will say this, Tom Brady, uh, there's a book coming out in October about the Patriots dynasty. And this guy reported on it saying that Brady was very close to holding out 
two years ago because Belichick would not commit to him till he was 45. And so he gave him a one-year deal without being on that deal. They couldn't franchise Brady. And a lot of people, hindsight's twenty twenty. but looking back on that, it was written in the tea leaves, right? Like that was probably the end, unless they gave him the long extension. They never did. Uh, and obviously every Patriots fan, including myself, was optimistic he'd be back. But, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. That was pretty clear then that by getting that negotiated in the contract, it was probably done. Um, Wilson, you do you, man. Mr. Unlimited. Okay. <laughs> Final thing we're going to do quickly. Fernando Tatis just signed last week. What day was it? February 18th. Damn, more than last week. Okay, well, we're going to talk about this late. Benny's Baseball Corner uh, without Benny. He signed a 14-year, $340 million contract. Um, he's played 140 games in his career, by the way. So not even a full season. That's That's actually insane that they gave him that. And it's also probably not the best contract because – uh, inflation stuff in 10 years, that contract's going to look small, but, uh, 340 million, 340 million. So who am I to, who am I to judge anyways? Here's the story. Big league advance is a firm that, um, that gives here, here, here's what they do. They give minor league players money. They front them money for, percentages of future earnings. So for example, they'll give you $100,000 for 1% of your future earnings. Does that make sense, Steven? Am I explaining yeah, that? Yeah, I was going to have you I was going to have you explain it cuz I didn't I didn't know how it works. So they typically give $100,000 per percent. So they find these minor league players and they give them between here, here's what it is. It is typically between one and 12%. So if you get 10%, you're getting $1 million for fronted to you, but you give 10% of your future earnings for the rest of your MLB career. If you make it to the MLB. So obviously this firm swings and misses a lot, no pun intended. They give money to these minor leaguers who never make it. They never pan out and they get burned. Well, in this $340 million contract, by the way, the 340 million is pre-tax. Okay. So yeah. Do do put taxes into that. The big league advance though gets eight percent. a typical deal is eight percent. They get that post-tax. So if that is the case, if Tatis's deal was eight percent of his earnings, he will be giving that firm back twenty-seven point two million dollars for an eight hundred thousand dollar investment. Um, question here is Ooh. is that predatory what they're doing? It is predatory because if you think about it, they're taking advantage of people who like have a high likelihood of making no money whatsoever. And then they can do this a hundred times because they just need someone like, <laughs> like him to hit. And then they get, they get all their, they get 10 X their money, even though it looks like it's way more than 10 X they're getting 10 X their money after the, all these investments. So it's super predatory because they're baseball is just incredibly predatory. They pay, um, they play minor league players, nothing, and then they get a bank off once they actually make it. It's actually like incredibly predatory. I don't get why Tatis signed with them because his father was an MLB player himself who uh, who made, I think it was like 20 million over his career, which I would assume- Which back in the day was insane. Yeah, I, I'm looking at, but I, I keep reading about this because Benny actually told me about this, which is why I wish he was on uh, more so than me laughing about him at JJ Watt or laughing at him about JJ Watt. But- um, the, the thing that I, he told me about this, about this thing, and it is predatory because you know who they're typically going after. They're going after, uh, young Latin American players. Cause Latin American players make up a ton of the prospect prospect pool who have never seen money in their lives. You know, a lot of these players, it sucks. Uh, but they drop out of school. They go to baseball camps in the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and, and, and countries alike. Um, they're, pros they're, they're prospected or they're scouted by uh, Major League Baseball GMs. There's no rules about how many of them they can sign. So they just sign a whole bunch of them to usually, you know, $20,000, $30,000 uh, deals, bring them over to America. Well, minor league players don't get paid anything for their games. They're paid like $200 a week or $200 a, 
every two weeks. It's it's literally dirt earnings, and then they're left with no money because they're they're the twenty thousand thirty thousand is the first money they've ever seen and re- really seen in their life. A lot of that goes to their family. Obviously, these are family centric countries, right? And then they're poor in America, playing baseball, making no money. And then you have Big League Advance, who is also scouting these players for who could be a future MLB player, saying, we'll give you $100,000 for 1% of your future earnings. And, you know, yeah. they don't just want 1%. So they're all, we'll give you 500000 for 5%. And that is life-changing money. It is. But obviously, if they pan out, that 5% is uh, s- substantially exed and expensiated on by the company getting it back so i'll give you here's some here's some numbers right here um this is uh what's his first name uh sorry i'm looking for the guy's name michael schwimmer he's a former minor league pitcher who played who played in the big leagues a little bit uh he founded this and they have now uh, 344 players, including 20 signed in the last two months, and the vast majority are not on 40-man rosters right now. Their first $26 million, uh, was closed in 2018. That's how much they, they got on. They invested in 77 players with that money, of which 83% were outside the top 300 prospects when the player was signed. Of those 77, 45 reached the big leagues. Um, that's a great win rate, by the way. And then they've now raised uh, 130 million second round, and they've invested 200 people. Wait, oh, they had uh, 200 people then invest 156 million. Sorry, that that doesn't matter. That, that my bad. I'm giving a lot of numbers here. For the players that don't make it, obviously it's great for them, right? They're getting yeah. free money for nothing. For, I mean, to play minor league baseball, they're getting a lot more money than they make if they were career minor leaguers. But it is predatory because it's still you're going after you know players that need the money realistically, not that much money, but they they cannot live off minor league contracts if they're on one of those deals. Um, I don't get why Tatis signed with them. I never will understand that because he he was not he was always a good prospect. He was the son of a former big leaguer, so. I, I mean, he wasn't a top 50 guy, but he was a top 100 guy. And, you know, I give credit to them, to uh, Big League Alliance or whatever it's called for for being able to, you know, or Big League Advance, for being able to discover him, I guess, quote unquote. But, you know, I mean, that's a terrible look that he's going to have to give, you know, how many times if he got 500, if he got 800,000, how many times is that over? I'm going to do the math real quick. Let's do some math on this podcast. 29 million divided by 800,000. That's a 36, uh, 3,600% interest rate on the investment on that loan. That's higher than any payday loan, right? Yeah. So geez. I just wanted to talk about that briefly. Um, I know a lot of people that listen to this don't care about po- or don't care about podcasts, don't care about baseball, but um, that is pretty dramatic in terms of what this company is doing. And it's legal, but it should it be like it's literally a lot of these guys are not eighteen. A lot of them are sixteen, seventeen years old. Um, I see it both ways. I personally don't think it should be allowed, but I'd like to, I, I want to get Benny's take on this when, when he, when we talk about it, when we talk with him next. So let's leave it on a cliffhanger. Let's hear what Benny has to say. Cause Benny was the guy that brought this up to me actually like four years ago. I think he said that one of his teammates got, uh, got um, contacted by this, by this company. I don't know if they signed with them and I don't know if that guy ever got to the big leagues, but he brought this up and I said, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. That seems pretty predatory, though, if they're going after, uh, you know, non-American players that really, you know, grew up playing stickball and stuff where $100,000 is life-changing money to them. And I, I, I just think I, I view it as predatory, but, you know, I'd like to get his opinion. So what do you have to say, Steve? Anything else? Uh, no, I think, I think we covered it pretty well. How about that? Short and sweet. JJ Watt, 
Never want to mention his name on this podcast again unless he is sacking the quarterback. I don't want to hear him disrupting games, any of that nonsense. You sack the quarterback, you'll get Not shouted out. Actually, you know what we're going to do next football season? Every single time J.J. Watt gets a sack, we will talk about him. How about that? Every game. We'll talk about J.J. Watt. We'll do a five-minute segment on J.J. Each game he gets a sack. That'll be fun. Remember that, please. Uh, Brandon, whoever's, whoever's listening at this point, the, the super fan, uh, remind me if J.J. Watt has a sack that I need to talk to about him for five minutes. That'll be fun. Um, Russell Wilson, stay in Seattle, please. But if you do leave, go to Chicago. Force your way there. Chicago, give up the house. And uh, Fernando Tatis, congratulations on the big contract. It is. Uh, it sucks that you're not going to get get it all. But, uh, you know, honestly, if I signed a three... Now I'm thinking about it. If I signed a $340 million deal, I actually wouldn't care if I didn't get $29 million of it. Would you be mad? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with no, nah, I'd be, I'd be like, well, that's the, that's the deal I signed, but I, that doesn't make it any less predatory. You know, I'm reading this now. The deal, ah, in addition to paying out approximately 191 million in federal and state income taxes over the course of this deal, including so-called jock taxes, which are imposed by states or cities on visiting team players for games played in their jurisdictions. Wow. Okay, well, <laughs> that sucks a little more. Because that's a, that's a sizable amount of money that I didn't even, I ever forgot about taxes. You know, I always forget about those pesky taxes. <laughs> so, okay, whatever. You know, Fernando, congratulations on the big deal. I hope it works out, actually. You know, I don't, I don't watch too much baseball except for the playoffs. Um, but this guy is actually really fun to watch. He does the bat flips and stuff that, you know, so many old people hate. And uh, he seems like a spark in, in baseball that desperately needs one they need the face of the mlb and it should be mike trout but mike trout is not uh doesn't want to be a star it seems and this guy does so tatis sign all those endorsement deals you'll get 29 million in no time to be able to pay this it's only on field earnings by the way that's that's the one good thing it's not off field stuff so no endorsements that he has to give up so okay steve that's enough of this we're gonna play call of duty you hear this you hear Mm -hmm. boom that's the ps5 I got a PS5. No flex. It's they make one a day. I I don't understand the shortage in new systems, but um, PS5s are still reselling for like what? Are they still reselling for like a thousand dollars? Check eBay real quick. Let's check the last. Yeah, let's see that, one. see that real quick. Live on the pod. Live on the pod. eBay. Apple, I got it. I got it up. Hmm. Uh. uh wow. I see the first one is PS5, Sony, PlayStation 5 disc version, brand new. Uh, next day overnight, $1,400. Buy it now. 170 of them have sold. So they've gone up. <laughs> they've gone up in price. I clicked sold. Yeah. I. It's kind of, I mean, with the pandemic going on, all parts are harder to get. Yeah, that makes sense. But... Jesus. I see this. So there's one. There's we'll one on the, the last one. The last one that sold seven thirty for the disc version. Seven thirty. Yeah, for disc. That had to have been touched with, right? That had been used, right? It yes, it's gently used. So a used one is getting seven thirty. Uh, seven seventy for a brand new one. I, I'd rather spend the extra. So it looks like around even the discless ones looks like they're hovering around. Your, your 700 to low 800s yeah i see this right now new listing on. 20 hours left there's 32 bids on it so it's actually like a bid one 810 bucks right now with 20 hours left um yeah it's bids. pretty normal when you miss out on one then you're willing to spend a little more so there might be some that are lower but maybe someone wasn't paying attention or something because i i know that happened to my camera when i bought on ebay i I lost a bit. I was like, I'm not paying that much. And then I, the next one I bought was actually more expensive. <laughs> Jesus. I'm looking at the, wow. You know, I could have actually had my hands on like three of them, four of them back, back when I did the pre-orders, I could have just gone into every store and pre-ordered. And I, I was like, ah, nah, I had my girl, I had my girlfriend with me. We both read GameStop. We both could have pre-ordered a system, went to the other GameStop, both did it. Mm, nope. Didn't do it. I'm such an idiot. God. That is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Oh, you know, last thing, uh, Nike. Okay, we're gonna talk about this in the next podcast. Actually, uh, we should talk about it now, but there we have other things to do. I'm just gonna say that that kid 
number if you don't know the story uh nike executive son made hundreds of thousands of dollars reselling sneakers he had an inside person who would let him know when discounts would happen and stuff. He said it, or he was adamant it wasn't his mom. His mom was adamant it wasn't her. Nike was adamant it wasn't her. Um, but she's a high-level executive at, at Nike. I think she runs North American operations with the company. She, ju- she yeah, just stepped she down, which yeah. that's a, that's a uh, you know, that's an executive of an executive role. That's like a step to the CEO, honestly. And this kid, who I think is 19, agreed to give an interview to Business Insider or Bloomberg or something, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, are you serious? Yeah, that- your last your last name's gonna not pull any. And he he's been on the on the sneaker forums like just bragging every month, every every drop, saying, "Oh, you're broke, you can't get these shoes." Blah blah blah. So no one. He no also one feels bad spent a hundred thousand. He did a hundred thousand dollar purchase with a credit card in his mom's name. Yeah, so it's linked to her, even if it wasn't linked to her. And she said she didn't know about it. Well, honestly. How do you not know that your child has hundreds, if not thousands, of pairs of shoes? He has a warehouse. Like, yeah. he has a warehouse of sneakers. He literally went on a road trip when the pandemic started in a truck that he bought to put uh, sneakers in. And he brought that truck back. Okay, she, she is complicit in this. And maybe she didn't tell him the stuff. But he can't be doing that. I mean, it's just, it makes the whole sneaker game all screwed up, which and, it already is. I mean, everything's And, and people, no one, no one ever is like, oh, poor reseller. <laughs> yeah, resellers deserve hell. Like, I'll be honest. I, I've resold. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm going I don't mind people making money. But like when you're doing that, that excess where you're taking up most of the supply, it's kind of fucked up. The way he did it, yeah. And I mean, also, it's just the shoe game has been shady for a while and to know that like it's just hilarious because nike is actually like in on it like that that's all that came from this is like yep okay well literally a step from the ceo because i feel like she would have been considered for ceo of nike if the current one ever stepped down because running north american operations is your number one uh place for ops so uh wow how about that a lot of stories going on hey last thing here covid vaccines soon come uh, everybody's going to be able to get them by the end of May. I think it's going to be sooner. Actually, I think it's going to be around mid April. Uh, I cannot wait to get that needle on my arm. I went to a bar today. Mm-hmm. I went to a bar today and, um, I actually felt like the ugly duckling because three people walked in. They're like, Hey, how you doing? I like, just got the shot. Two more people. Oh, you too. The people I was with, I'm getting the second one on Saturday. I'm thinking, wow. I'm really the odd man out here, huh? I'm the odd man out, huh? So I cannot wait to get the shot on my arm. I want Moderna or Pfizer. Johnson or Johnson will work too. Actually, I want Johnson and Johnson. You know, one shot, not two appointments. I don't know. Okay, Steve. I just basically rambled there for no reason. Get the shot. Peace <laughs> out, boys. Peace out, everybody. Right, Thank you for listening. Yeah, we'll man. be back next Wednesday. Benny will be back, maybe. So hopefully. Probably not. Okay, bye.